Okay. Nefesh of Bahamas or Nefesh Lakis, animal soul or godly soul? Nefesh of Bahamas because you can elevate it and bring it to Kedusha. Hello there. My name is Tanya Khazanov, and you are listening to Human and Holy, a podcast where we discuss the deepest parts of Torah, not just as scholars, but also as human beings. Today's episode was sponsored in honor of the safety and security of the Jewish people living in Israel and around the world. Thank you to our sponsor for making today's episode happen. If you are listening to this and would like to sponsor an episode in this new season of the podcast, please reach out to us at info at humanandholy.com or visit humanandholy.com slash sponsor to dedicate an episode through the site. Human and Holy is a nonprofit and we are powered by your sponsorships. Thank you for bringing Hasidus into every corner of the world. Today's episode is a really fun one. In honor of Yutis Kislev, our favorite holiday, I visited the 12th grade of Beis Chaim Mushka, which is a Chabad girls high school in Muncie, to celebrate and talk about all the ways that Hasidus has penetrated their identities. Join us to get an inside look at the minds of some epic teenage girls and celebrate with us. As we play a Hasidic-themed this or that, answer some rapid-fire questions, and go deep on exploring the impact that Hasidus has on their lives. Human and Holy is a podcast dedicated to bringing the light of Hasidus to a world that is thirsting for it. Yitzhak Kislev is our day because it's the birthday of Chabad Hasidus, the day that the Alter Rebbe, who is the author of the Tanya and founder of Chabad Hasidus, was released from prison, and the day that the heavenly decree against Chabad Hasidus was annulled. Hasidus is the wisdom of Mashiach. It teaches us about the essence of our beings and the essence of our world. Now, more than ever, we are all seeking to connect with truth. So join us as we celebrate the gift that will bring us to Mashiach, the gift of essence, of truth-telling, and the gift of light. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Let's get started. Everyone, come sit down. We're all set up. Hi. Come sit. I just want to share that participation in coming up to the microphone is totally optional just because you happen to be in the 12th grade class doesn't mean that you have to participate obviously I would love for as many of you to participate as want to but there's no pressure to come up here I know it's intimidating if you're not used to talking into a microphone Today, we're just going to be talking about how Hasidus impacts your life. We'll talk a little bit about different ideas and Hasidus that you connect to. If you have something that you want to say, just raise your hand. If I ask a question, you can come and sit at this table. Okay, cool. Feel ready? So I would love to start just generally. If anyone wants to come up and share as people, as students in the Chabad High School, how Hasidus has impacted your life up until today. Yeah? Come up. No, she's raising her hand. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of raising her hand, which is the most enthusiasm I can expect right now. Okay. Tell us your name first. I'm Rosie Grossbaum. 
I think a lot of people like to explain Hasidus' glasses and how it's like something that you put on and then you see the world in a whole different light. But I actually think of it a little bit differently. I don't think of Hasidus as something separate that you put on and it's like a new lens. I think that it's once it's something that you are learning and thinking about daily, it just kind of becomes you. So then you just become a whole new being of someone who just experiences Hasidus and everything. So for example, the way that you experience different situations. It's not like the way that you look at it. You're like, oh, I'm feeling this way, but I'm looking at it this way. No, you actually feel it through that. So like, for example, Hashgachapratis, all these things, like you experience it through it. In a Mavade, like all these big concepts where you always talk about, you actually experience your whole life just feeling it, which is something that one time clicked and it was really cool. Can you give any examples of how you've experienced that in your life? Well, I guess through different things that are challenging examples. Yeah, just give like a specific example, a specific concept and how you've naturally felt it through your experience. How challenging should we get? (laughs) Let's get challenging. Um, One one time that I've like, it was actually something that really resonated with me when I was actually like telling other people about it. And then I didn't realize how teaching people, it would actually become something that was super powerful for me. When COVID hit, I have cystic fibrosis, so I had to stay home so I wouldn't get sick. And that was really hard for me because I'm really social and I love talking to people and I love seeing people and being around. And that was really hard for me to stay home when everyone else was in school for like six weeks at a time. I missed a lot of school. It was after like when I was teaching and sharing these things and I really realized I experienced it a whole different way than other things I've experienced. It was a lot more calming to just do that. Even though it was hard, it was something that just fit. It wasn't something that I was like, how is this happening to me? This shouldn't be happening. It was just, it's all from Hashem. It's all good. We'll be okay. So acceptance. Yeah. I guess. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Anyone else want to come up? This is well making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's more intimidating to have your principal than to have an audience. <laughs> so same question. How has Hasidus impacted you? Say your name first. Hi, my name is Chai Steinmetz. Honestly, like Hasidus is an actual, real, real part of my life. I'm a super passionate person. I love asking questions. I love challenging ideas. We do live in Muncie. We're living in a very diverse neighborhood. And so I get to really see the differences and the highlights of what other communities or sections of Jews bring. And then I get to see the cool part about Chabad. And I really think that Hasidus makes Yiddishkeit so much more deep and vibrant because Hasidus basically gives you that platform of saying, okay, there's a concept, there's an idea. And now how can I go deeper? How can I implement it? How can I make it like practical? And it's like a safe space kind of to really like challenge it. So obviously in a already accepted state, like I accept this and now how can I challenge it so that it could become a part of me? and like really be able to like make it practical for me. So I think that's really what Hasidus brings to me, like a passion, a fire, and a deep connection to Yiddishkeit. Do you have any practical examples of where you feel that passion or where you feel that deeper connection? Is it a specific idea or a specific area of your life? I think Ashkacha Pratis is a really big one because there's so many things going on, things that happen to you that don't necessarily feel good or people you meet that you don't necessarily vibe with so much or like, I don't know, just like different encounters that you might go through in life. And like Hashka Pratis kind of says, in your eyes, it might not feel like 
Like, why did this happen to me? Why did I have to end up with this person? Or why do I have to deal with this challenging circumstance? And then Hashkacha Pratis comes in and says, Hashem, who literally is creating this world every second, put you in this exact situation at that exact second because you're meant to be there and you have the tools to deal with this situation, good or bad. And you're there for a reason. You're there to make an impact and a difference. And I think Hashkacha Pratis is like a huge one. Hi. I'm Dina Ives, and I think for me, Hasidus is, as Rosie said, and Chai said, it is life. It's not like a part of life or a tool that you utilize. It's a part of your life. And I think people who don't know Hasidus, and you can see from watching other people, as Chai said, like we live in a community where lots of different types of people, Jews and non-Jews, live. And for me, I see how so many people don't have a real solid compass and when you have chassidus as part of you and part of the life that you lead, like you have a rabbi and you have chassidus that's showing you and it's always, always, always points north, always. It's always going in the right direction and it shows you exactly where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing and how you can live your life to maximize your own potential. And it shows you exactly what Hashem wants from you. And I think that's super powerful and super special. Okay, so the next thing I want to ask is, where do you feel so at home in Chassidus? Where is there an area or an idea in Chassidus that you just effortlessly connect with that feels so intuitive to you? That doesn't feel like foreign information. It feels like something that is very natural to who you are. Come. Yay. I feel like it's an auction, you know? <laughs> Salt. <laughs> okay. I'm Chava Morgenstern. Hi. Just something that I connect to from Hasidus the most is I think that Hasidus really showed, especially because like as a Jewish woman, I think that Hasidus gave Jewish women like much more opportunities to contribute. It showed them that there's not just like one way. If you have something that you're really passionate in or something that, like a talent, you're able to contribute much more and I think like especially like the Rebbe like really pushed women to share and to go out there and to contribute to the world. What's an example of that for you? So I really love to sing and so I think for me at first I was like kind of scared to go out there and do that but slowly I'm like going out to different like Chabad houses and like singing for women's events and I just feel like Chassid has helped me have a new perspective that like I don't have to be scared that I can't sing in front of men, but like I can share it with the women and inspire them. So yeah, I think that's for me really big. Hi, my name is Tova Dubinsky. So I just want to say like in general, what I find so cool about Hasidus is that we really focus on the positive and like we're so joyous and happy. But a specific idea which I really resonate with is chocolate vizanga, think good and it'll be good. And I really internalize it because I'm like, have, let's say, negative thoughts. Like right away, I push them out. I'm like, no, just think good, Tova. It's going to be good. And I see how it really brought good results when I thought good thoughts. And just like a really big part of my life. Can you give any specific examples of that happening? Yeah, even like, I'm going to be late. I'm like, hey, don't worry. You're going to be on time. Don't worry. You're going to be on time. We're like, I'm about to go out somewhere. And it's a program or something. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm like, don't worry. Think good. It's going to come out good. Let's say I'm like running a program. It's going to come out good. Everyone's going to enjoy it. Everyone's going to love it. By you bringing that positive energy. 
everyone feels it and everyone wants to be part of it. And it just brings those results. Hi, I'm Golda Rothman. I was going to say I agree with what Rosie and Tova and Chayal said. But another thing just to add on to it is like what Tova was saying, like even with the small things when like you're running late to school or whatever, picturing the results actually happening. I feel like this is a classic example, but even when you're running through the airport, you're rushing to your flight and then going through security, you're like, hey, like I don't want to miss my flight and whatever. And then standing in line and picturing the feeling of sitting on the plane and like you made it. Feeling that feeling of like it actually happening. And okay, I could like give a whole different example on a different note, but my father works with Shulchem, coaching with like fundraising and stuff. And he's like very into this. And that's kind of like where I got it from. One of the things he does is when they're fundraising, he tells them, to picture it all coming in, like picture the Rabbi's Brachis like coming in and it literally happens and it's so cool. Okay, I want to shift a little bit to Yitzhak Kislev. We're talking about how Hasidus impacts our lives because Yitzhak Kislev is the birthday of Hasidus and when Hasidus came into the world on a practical level and also on a spiritual level. So I'm going to ask you kind of like a funky question. I'll give you a minute to think about it. But if Yitzhak Kislev were a person either from the past or the present, who would it be and why? Like if the meaning of Yudas Kislev was embodied in a person, who is that person? It could be someone living or someone who passed. And tell us why you chose that person. Chava, come up. Okay, I kind of, not sure if it fully connects, but it's just what I thought of right when you said it, the question. I think Rabbi Akiva, because I think that like Rabbi Akiva, he was a shepherd. He didn't really think he could move forward. And then like the whole story with the rock, like we know the story. He went and he, with the little kids, he was learning Torah and he became a huge rabbi and he had tons of students. And so I think that it connects to Yotis Kislev because Yotis Kislev was the day that just Hasidus was brought to the world. It was free. And so Hasidus shows us that we could start at any point. We don't have to be afraid that we're stuck in one spot. We could use Hasidus to free ourselves. Mm, nice. So yeah, that's how I connected it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Anyone else? Come up. Yeah, yeah. We're taking doubles now on this question. Come. Hi again. <laughs> the first person that popped into my head was Yisef. Yisef was one of the 12 Shvatim and his brother sold him into slavery they were very jealous of him since his father favorited him a little bit. And they sold him into slavery and he got sent to Egypt where he literally worked himself up from being a slave to being the second in command of the entire Egypt. I think it's kiss I really, if I had to put it into a person, it would probably be him. Because one of the coolest things Chassidus shows us is that the world was created and there's things that are good and there are things that are like revealed good. And then there are things that are to the eye, to the human eye, not good. But how can I make it good? And I think that Yasef, he really took a place that was so full of dirt and tama, And he separated himself enough to build himself up and not give in to any of the temptations. And then he literally took the worst parts of the world and he really elevated it. I think he took all of the physical and the physicality and he really learned how to bring that into his spirituality and elevate it. He was the second into command to the king. And instead of feeling stuck, my brother sold me into slavery and now I'm going to have trauma for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be the 
victim. He built himself up and he took all the physical and spiritual and really like elevated it to build himself up. I think Yitzhak Kisley really symbolizes the fact that I'm not a victim. Tanya talks about, I have two souls inside of me. One is like infinite power. Hashem like gave me this infinite power. I could do anything. And also the side of you that's always trying to pull you down, like the struggle is really real. Like it is, it's not fake. It's really real, but I can push through that and get through it with the other side of me, which is that infinite power. So that's what came to my mind. Nice. I love it. Yeah. That's a really good one. I love it. You like summed up the whole Hasidus in like five seconds. It was good. Thank you. You were going to come up next? Okay. Come sit. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sarah Lewinstein. Hi. The first person I thought of was Nachshain. We know that by Kriyas Yamsov, the entire Bnei Israel was kind of torn in all different directions of what to do. Some of them wanted to daven. Some of them wanted to go back to Mitzrayim. Some of them wanted to almost commit suicide and just surrender. And then Nachshain just knew what had to be done, knew what was expected of him, went with it, jumped in. Mm-hmm. And according to nature, it looked like all the odds were against him. But boom, this miracle happened. So with Hasidus, we kind of fell into this routine of Yiddishkeit, normal way of doing things. And then Yitzhak Kislev comes and Hasidus comes into the world. And there's this whole new way of serving Hashem that's way more personal, way more intimate in a way, and relationship-based. And just like Nachshain, it's about what's expected from you without personal calculations, even if it's feel-good Yiddishkeit. It's just about what's expected from you, what needs to be done, plowing through it. And then by little steps of work every day, just working and working and working and working on yourselves and refining yourself then eventually it just takes over you in a really real way. And ultimately, we know like ultimate chassidus is Mashiach, where there's this huge miracle of complete revelation of Hashem and an ultimate relationship with Hashem. I love that example of Nachshon because it's that clarity and that certainty that he just jumped in. Not really like making all those calculations. The rabbi explains that the people who wanted to pray, that wasn't even the right thing to do. Davening sounds great. sounds like a great thing to do, but then that's not what was needed from them. Chassidus has the same effect. You think, I have this trajectory of where I'm going in my Yiddishkeit, but then Chassidus is like, one second, is this personal? Is this relationship-based? Is this based on Hashem's will, not on what you see yourself getting to? Mm. Nice. Yeah. That was great. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Thank you. I want to ask the question of whenever we talk about different ideas in Hasidus, we all talk about how it's a slow integration and you work on integrating something slowly over the course of a lifetime. If you could, if you had the power to flip a switch and download an idea into your personality, into your life, that like there was no going back, like there was no work you had to put in. But I told you that I grant you one wish, one idea in Hasidus that becomes completely a part of who you are without any effort on your part. What idea would you choose? So this is something that like I've been trying over like the course of time to kind of bring into my life like fully because the concept is that like the Rebbe always said that whatever qualities Hashem gives you, not only should you, but you must give them and share them and give them to the world so that you can impact other people. And for me, like I write poetry and my mother has been trying to convince me that I should put more of my stuff 
out there, send to different places, like do different things with it so that more people can have access to it. But if I could have just instantly the mindset of whatever like I have inside me and that I'm able to put out, I should. Because in my head, I know it. But in my heart, it's still difficult to fully just give. And there is like a vulnerability piece, I think, but also just the mindset that everything that I have should be like shared. Because even though I know that I have words and a way to put my thoughts and feelings on a paper, not everybody can do that. I try to put stuff out there, but it's more difficult than I would like it to be. I have a dream. <laughs> One day I'm going to write a book of poetry of concepts and chassidists throughout the year with commentary and all the concepts. That's my dream. So I'm collecting stuff that I write. But I'm trying. I'm trying. And I'm Hashem. So if I could have that concept drilled into me, it'd be a lot easier and it'd be nice. But for right now, it's a struggle. So I think one concept, it's not like, I mean, it is chassidus, but not like with a specific concept. I mean, it kind of is, but we always talk about how you have to really, really feel it in your bones and believe really deeply that like Mashiach is coming at any moment. And I know that in my head, I should be like, yeah, Mashiach is coming at any time, but I don't feel it. And that's something that it's really painful for me that I don't feel that, what's it called? Conviction? Is that the word? I don't feel that it's coming. You hear people talking and like, I always talk about it and how Mashiach is coming and we have to just believe in it and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's in my head and it hurts me that I don't actually feel it in my bones. So if I had one switch that I can just turn on, it would be to actually feel that conviction and actually really, really believe that it's coming at any moment. Okay, so... One really main topic in Chassidus that we talk a lot about, and it's very, very hard to master, is the concept that every single person is a nefesh kiss, and we're all connected. We're all one body. We're all, right, we're learning about kishachad um, belevachad. We're all connected. We're all one. But it's still so hard for us to, when we look at someone, like, wow, this is Hashem. This is a nefesh kiss, like a huge spark of Hashem. Like, it's so hard for us because we're people. We're in this world, right? And I'm looking at this person, and they're really just literal Hashem coming in front of me and I have to like love them. In Derech Ben we learn all of this. Like there's like the part of Abbas Yisrael, how like we're all connected. We're all, each person is another limb in the body. And even like when we say Arini, there's a, just like how in, right, when we bring Karbanis, we can't just bring a Karban if it has a, as, if it has a mum. So, so too, if there's one Neshama that's not complete and not with us, it's not like we can't say Arini because we're not complete. We kind of almost have a mum. So, our class just came back from Poland and something that clicked in our head was the Nazis, they like saw this person is a Jew. This person, we don't care how Jewish, whatever they are, they're Jewish. And that's why they want to annihilate us, right? And it's so crazy to see how like they were able to see this person is a Jew and this person is, I don't care what he is. I don't care how secular he is. He's a Jew. Like it's so hard for us to see. Like sometimes, you know, we see someone different than us and we're like, eh, whatever, you know? So it says in Hayyamim that we could learn something from every single person, every single thing that happens in this world. And something we could learn is, yeah, this person has an official kiss and is a huge spark. We have to love them. Nice. That's a good one. Thank you.
I want to do something that's a little more fast paced. Whoever is down to participate, just come into the line. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> just someone come up. Yeah. <laughs> what is a line from Hasidus that you connect to? A one liner. Okay, so a line that I connect to is Yagati Matsasi Tamin. If you try hard, like you will succeed. And it's like you say it and like it's so easy to say, but it doesn't come so easy all the time. But like if you literally just put the effort in, like put all you could like in everything, you literally will succeed. And like it can take a long time, but if you just put your heart into it and like your mind and like it will come. So in Hasidus, it's really big that sometimes you feel like oh I made a mistake and I am now like I feel so low and I'm not gonna be able to get better but sometimes you really needed that to be a little bit low in order to continue growing and to get even higher than you were like you have to fall a bit lower in order to actually get higher and then also connects to the shama like the shama has to come down here in order to make the world a better place and elevate it okay one of my favorite lines in Hasidus is it's in Parak Bay's. It goes Venetian and it's really cool because if you look at yourself like that and look at those around you, you realize how powerful you are and how powerful everyone else is around you and how much you can accomplish. And it really changes the way that you interact with yourself and the way you interact with everyone around you. One of my favorite lines in Chassidus would be Mibsari Achsa Aleka, because it kind of shows how you would think that getting close to Hashem is very spiritual and not grounded, but really becoming close to Hashem could be in a very human way. And actually, ideally, it's in a human way. And yeah. Okay, so one line that really resonates with me that I really appreciate is Mekshat Alev. Just like the mind controls, rules controls over the heart. And I feel like it's really like, in my mind, like when you're working on yourself, really just putting your mind over your heart and just being like, uh, maybe I feel like I want to do something that I really shouldn't, I don't necessarily have to do. And there's other things I want to get done, but I'm really like, you're just being pulled in two different directions, really just being like, okay, like I'm just going to do it. Even if I don't want to, even if my heart wants to do something else, I'm going to do what I know that I need to do. My Pesach that I really resonate with, everyone kept talking about Tanya and, and concepts and the altar opens Tanya with Kikar Velacha Davram Befika That entire Pesach literally, oh, I'll summarize it. Basically it talks about how Taira Hasidus all the stuff that we're given is literally so close. What does that mean? To me, it personally meant like, I love the part of the fija, like whatever your talents are, whatever your strengths are, use it, use it to connect to Tara. It's close. Like find what pulls you in and use it to make Tara yours and make Hasidus yours. Nice. I love it. Okay. This next question is like a really rapid one. What is something within Hasidus that empowers you as a person? I want you to summarize it into like five words. For me, that would be taking what you have to give to the world. I think one is judging everyone favorably because you never know what their situation is. You should always like look at them in the right way. Just having belief that everything will turn out okay. That each good thing that you do lasts forever and it's everlasting. That everything in the world is actually really good and it's just concealed at the moment. Your struggle makes you stronger. Mine is that with every struggle... That like every push that you make, it makes a really, really big impact above with like Klippas. I have an innate power and I can do it. Every struggle that you go through is actually for the best of you, even though it may not seem that way. The Rebbe is your best friend. Okay, it's super classic. I'm just a dude thinking it will be good. You are not the one who's in control. 
Hashem is, and he loves you, and he's doing what's best for you. One word that Hashem never says is oops. He never makes mistakes. Everything's for the best. Just by meditating Hashem and Hashem's greatness, it really actually just brings you closer. Like you could literally just think about it randomly. Hashem contracted himself so we could have a part of him. Nice. That was great. Less scary than you thought. No, more scary than you thought. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This next question is, again, short, quick, like really two seconds. What is an idea in Hasidus you are currently trying to implement in your life? But quickly, like you're currently trying to implement this awareness into your actual experience. Uh, Seeing everyone just as like Nishamais. It's hard, but you know, yeah. get there one day. <laughs> Amuna. Bittal. Making space for other people. Okay, next question. Your favorite concept from Tanya. The concept from Tanya that I really connect to is that Hashem wants you to put you here so that you struggle, so that you can come closer to Him in a more real way. My favorite concept in Tani's Kadesh Atzvacha B'Mutrach is make yourself holy with what is permissible. And like before you do something that is allowed, you can like learn something or delve in to give that to like Hashem. My favorite concept is that we always have the ability to do better. We can become a Bainini. We can always work harder. My favorite concept is the concept of Bainini, which is literally the whole Tanya, because the point of the world is really not perfection, and it's so hard to deal with that concept. I am a perfectionist, but the point is Bainini. The point is get to that space where I will have the struggle, but I'll be able to overcome it. Nice. I love it. To Hashem, the battle is the victory. That every single person is a piece of Hashem. How could you be so insecure when you're a piece of Hashem? Okay, in Parikh of Zion, we learn about Atzvahs and how Merus actually gets you to a higher place, like Bechal Etevi and Maisar. So there's a set time, a set time where you have to contemplate on what you do. And it shouldn't be like when you're working, even physical work. It's a set time where you have to really reflect on what you did, have Merus about what you did, and that way you can leave. So it's not like, oh, always be sad. You know, it's like certain times where you have to reflect on what you did. Going one above nature, like just like 101, like even makes a difference and is like powerful. I'm going to move on to the last question, which is what would be your advice to someone who is not so familiar with Hasidus on beginning to learn Hasidus? Is there something specific that you would tell them to learn? Is there a specific message that you would impart? Rosie? Smiling? Yeah. Come on. For someone that wants to learn Hasidus, because it's awesome, highly recommend it. My first piece of advice would be find someone that can really guide you, someone you connect with on a very real practical level that you relate to, who can help you and guide you so that you can really maximize your Hasidus learning. And if there's not a specific person that should not hold you back at all, there's so many resources online. There's Chabad.org, which is like the first one you can go to. There's so, so, so many resources. So find yourself a resource that you connect to. Again, you want to connect to it because that's the point of Chassidus. Find yourself a resource. Find yourself a friend. I would personally start with Tanya just because I'm obsessed with Tanya. But yeah, there's podcasts. Human and Holy is a great Chassidus basis. So yeah, that would be my first piece of advice. Really find something or someone that you relate to to start. I guess it's to continue after Chaya because obviously first thing is to find a great resources. But a second, I guess a topic that I think is pretty basic and that kind of really changes your whole mindset so that you know you can start on your Hasidist journey is learning about your makeup, who you are. I mean, Tanya literally starts like that. So I guess that's, you know, you can see how important it is. Really learning about the power that you have and where you are, why you're here. Like kind of just like learning about you 
learning about all that stuff that make up you and how you can use it is really powerful. Okay, what I am going to do is I want an organized line where we could move quickly. This is my favorite game. It's this or that. I'm going to make these up on the spot. So some will be better than others, but I'm going to say this or that. You choose which one. In order to make the line faster, you need to like come everyone closer, like stand right behind her, breathe on her neck. I should yeah. feel the breath. Yeah, you know? exactly. We should hear it in the microphone. <laughs> it I'm so is. excited for this one. This one actually got know, me excited. Okay. Klipa Snoga or Kadusha? Klipa Snoga. Why? Because you're drawing Hashem down into it. You're making space for him and you are creating something really beautiful out of it. Nice. Okay. Nefesh of Bahamas or Nefesh Lakis, animal soul or godly soul? Nefesh of Bahamas because you can elevate it and like bring it to Kedusha. Oh my gosh, I love this. Okay. Wait, I need a second to think. Okay. Inner work or outreach? Inner work because you can't do outreach before you work on yourself. Nice. Learn Torah or do a mitzvah? <laughs> do a mitzvah because any second you could just do a mitzvah, like in a second, like just do a mitzvah. Nice. <laughs> I love the like consistent messaging. <laughs> We're just coming through. So Something coming too easily or having to work for it? Definitely having to work for it. <laughs> really? Why? It just feels so much more like yours. Nice. Yes. About open Nice. That's a good one. I feel like I need to give you guys credit for the ones you come up with. So let's have a line here. A line here for people who are going to ask. A line here for people who are going to answer. Must be our macabre. <laughs> macabre. Definitely. Why? I'll <laughs> mm. see. This isn't fair. <laughs> it's more feminine. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Over Yura. Ava. Why? <laughs> I feel like you can't, like, before you do anything else, you first have to come to a place of love and respect. Okay, doing things with your heart or with your mind? Well, doing things with your mind, but in a balanced way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you need some heart. <laughs> so being able to see things like black and white, like what's right, what's wrong clearly, or the opposite, like having to like learn it, figure it out on your own. I think you should be able to figure things out on your own. You can't always see things black and white. You need to have like a middle ground. Okay, this might be a little bit obvious, but revealed good that might be coming from a lower level or good that's coming from a really high level that you can't necessarily see. I know you want me to say from a really high level, but we're... No, 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 I want you to say. I'm just asking the question. you said it was obvious. That wasn't the obvious answer. Oh. (laughs) But I don't know. I feel like we're human and the whole time we've been talking positive messages, but at the end of the day, there are struggles and sometimes life gets hard and I do want the revealed good. I want to be able to see it. So, yeah. The short, long road or the long, short road? The long, short road, because at the end of the day, it's the shorter road. Chesed or Malchus? I think Chesed, for me personally, because you have to be able to give of yourself in order to fulfill your potential. Chinach or Shlachas? Oh, I like this. Whoa, okay, these things really come in hand in hand. Okay. It's a this or a that. Right. Um, okay. Chinuch. <laughs> Chinuch is the only way you could go and go and spread 
everywhere is through having your children and passing Tara and making it really part of your life, Tara and Mitzis. Arts first or attempt to my life? Arts first, because I think it's a little bit easier to work on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, arts first is like sadness, a symptom of that can be like being heavy and not being able to go forward and do what you're supposed to do. Tim to my life is they translate it as like a stuffed up part. Like you are able to do things, but you don't feel there's no feeling within that. So and in tiny, it talks about both of them and how you can counteract them. It's a really hard one. But well, we're thinking from a practical level. Definitely. I mean, I guess Otsfos, there are really practical tips that the author writes on Tanya, but if we're talking about what you're actually doing kind of level, then Tim Tim because you still are serving Hashem, but it's a little bit harder to break it because you actually have to like crush yourself, which is a lot harder to do, I guess. Nice. Okay, now we're going to wrap it up. We now come to a close. Thank you all so much. This was really fun and I really enjoyed hearing from you. I really admire hearing the self-awareness and the deep personal connection that you all have still in high school. Yotis Kislev is a really meaningful day for a lot of people hearing how it specifically resonates in the minds and hearts of teenagers and how you guys are really interacting with the ideas of the Tanya and implementing them in your life. I loved it. And this was really fun. So thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode and it sparked something for you, touched your heart or touched a raw nerve or just got you thinking, I want to invite you to keep this godly conversation going. Share the episode with a friend. Tag us on social media with your follow-up thoughts. Let's get the truths of Torah into the atmosphere. The world needs it right now more than ever. You can email us at info at humanandholy.com. Find us on Instagram at humanandholy. And you can sponsor an episode or give in any amount through our site, humanandholy.com slash sponsor. New episodes of the podcast come out every single Sunday morning. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. And while you're at it, feel free to leave us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the podcast and it brings us joy. Thanks for listening and we'll talk next week.